Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. You know, so as we stand here at the new year, it always means that New Year's resolutions are going to be abundant, and that typically means that things like gym memberships are flying off the shelf. Uh, in this case, it's probably a, you know, a renewed decision to get healthy and, and exercise and all that. And so kind of keeping that in mind, I've actually titled today's sermon, it's called CrossFit. Now, in saying that, I realize that many of you would be shocked to learn that I've actually never been in a CrossFit gym. <laughs> However, I, I have resolved to eat a little healthier this year. I'm going to start eating things that are a little more fruity, like Pop-Tarts and other <laughs> nutritional things along the way. And so, uh, but in saying that, you know, Jackie and I, we, uh, part of what we do is serve in the college ministry and Lots of the guys in there, man, they're into CrossFit, right? I know all of our, a lot of our young professionals, man, they're at the CrossFit gym. They're just, they're broing down eight days a week, man. Because, I mean, you know how to tell if somebody's doing CrossFit, right? Yeah, they'll tell you. And so, just having a little fun. We can smile this morning, right? All right. Well, let's, let's kick it off because, I mean, really, guys, 2020, it was a doozy. I mean, it, it left some of us in a fog, and I've, I, had a, I had a couple foggy days in 2020. And so I really think it might be helpful for us to do some spiritual crossfitting this morning and kind of bring this spiritual discipline into our life for 2021, considering where we've come from. Because really not since 9-11 has the world experienced so much change and been so impacted in such a short time, okay? And the reality is that 2020 will probably have far more implications than 9-11 did, and that's not to diminish the tragedy of 9-11. It's just a lot has happened. I mean, we've, we've just experienced a global pandemic, hundreds of protests, and a thousand postponements. And so... We want to turn the corner. We want to, it's, it's a new day. And that's just really what I want to encourage us this morning is just that Jesus is calling us this morning. He is calling us this week to trust him again, to believe him in this place again. And so, you know, I know for, for much of me, it was like so much of the year was just trying to adjust to new normals. The whole, it was like, what, you know, what lane do I run in right now? And because our, our routines, our habits, and, and even our spiritual disciplines, man, they were put to the test last year. And so with all that, I just know that we all do better when we know what the expectations are, okay? When we know where the road's going, we, we all do better. And so what I want to encourage us on this morning is that Jesus has a plan. He's been clear about it all along, but every now and then we just got to re-up. We just got to go, remind me again what you said, Jesus. Remind me again what I need to be believing during this season. And so let's take some time to get 
spiritually CrossFit this morning. And so if you would, we're going to do that by starting out in uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 to 26. Matthew 16, 24 to 26. And let me say this before we read this. I just want to say that no matter what you've been through, no matter how you're feeling, no matter what you're thinking about yourself right now, the church is going to be here for you no matter what. We're going to, we're going to be here to encourage you. We are going to be here to listen to you. We are going to be here to support you. We are going to be here to pray with you. We're going to walk with you, and we're going to cast vision with you. And we're, and we're going to do this together because we are going to be the people of God together. That's our promise to you, okay? All right, let's jump in. Matthew 16, verse 24. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? Or what shall a man give in return for his life? I know we've all read that scripture many times. Probably a good chunk of us could, could quote it right now. And because of that, I want to also just quickly read it in the message so that we can just hear it with a little different filter, which says, Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who tends to come after me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. 2020. Embrace it. Follow me. I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade for your soul? It's like I've been kind of sensing this word for the last few months of 2020 because it's like 2020 just sent us into to self-preservation, right? And, and partly because we experience so much loss. And so as we're standing at this threshold, I just want to say, and I, I mean this with all my heart, it's a new day, church. There's a new opportunity before us and what... I've sensed Jesus asking us is saying, will you trust me again? Will you, will you just let go of 2020 and trust me again? I've got a plan for you, church. Okay? And I say that because I think right now part of the battle is in our mind. Okay? It's, so, I mean, the question that I'm asking myself is, what do you believe about the days ahead? Todd, what do you believe about the months ahead? What are you scared of? What are your fears? What are your concerns? They may be valid, but what do we believe about where Jesus is going to take us in this next season? And like always, there's a, there's a story behind a story, right? I mean, we've just jumped into the middle towards the end of Matthew 16, but there's a bunch happening, there's a, a, a lot of action happening in this chapter. And so at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus has had this pretty fire exchange with the Pharisees, okay? And they're like, hey, give me, why don't you give us a sign? And Jesus is like, 
you guys can interpret the sky, but you, you can't tell the signs of the time. He's like, the signs in front of you, I'm not giving you the sign. You just can't see it, is what he's t- telling him. And then he walks off. He's like, you wicked and perverse generation. And on he goes. It's like, whoa, okay. That was intense. Short time later, disciples all jump in the boat and they head across the lake. About halfway out there, one of the, one of these guys looks at the other disciples and is like, I forgot to bring lunch. I don't have any bread. Jesus looks at him and says, beware the yeast of the Pharisees. And the other disciples are like, I don't think he's talking about bread. <laughs> he's not talking about bread. Jesus is like, you remember that little thing with the 5,000 I took care of? Remember that other little incident with the 4,000? I fed them. Yeah, I don't need you guys to bring lunch. I'm, I'm capable. Okay. They finally get across the lake, get over to Caesarea, and this is where Peter, he pronounces Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus is like, who do you say I am? Peter's like, you're the Messiah. He's like, great, don't tell anybody I'm the Messiah. He's not, it's not his time yet. He's not ready to die. But it's a, it's a pretty intense moment. They're all realizing, like literally having a revelation, like, okay, this guy, is he, he is the guy. He is the Messiah. He's the king. Okay? Right after that, Jesus begins to predict his death. And this is Matthew 16, about 24. And he starts telling them, he's like, hey, you know those religious guys I was talking to? Yeah, I'm going to be dying at their hands soon. Peter, like any good loyal friend, right? He's like, not if I can help it. And Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. What, how do you think that friendship was for the next two or three days? <laughs> hey, man, like, you called me a devil. Like, what's, are we okay? I'm, they probably had to work some stuff out there for a few days, right? But then he goes just a little bit farther, and he says, yeah, not only am I, am I going to die, anybody that wants to come with me, you're going to need to die too. It's like, whoa, this is getting way intense. You know, disciples are like, Okay, I didn't know, I didn't realize I signed up for all this, but here we go. Okay? And then six days later, they're on the mountain, Peter, James, and John. Transfiguration happens. Just, I mean, there's no way to really describe, I don't think, what happened. And my mind's kind of just smoking, trying to comprehend it. But the thing that really does blow my mind is that in this moment, God speaks. And says, this is my son, whom I'm pleased. And then he says something that if we just listen to these three words, it would change our life forever. And he says, listen to him. This is my son. I'm pleased. I love him. Listen to him. And so may that describe 2021 for us this year. Just listen to him. And it's like, you know, we love it when Jesus takes on the, the religious establishment, right? He's, I mean, he's trolling the Pharisees with wisdom and authority, just letting those guys have it. You know, we, we love it, the, the wild miracles of fishes and loaves happening. We were awed by the power of the transfiguration occurring. It's the dying part that we have trouble with. It's the laying down our lives and just surrendering all. This is where we get confused and tripped up. And so as I read Matthew 16, 
I'm just reminded that the greatest threat to the kingdom of God is my kingdom. It's my kingdom. And so let me just show you a couple Think real. Let's say the main thing I want to say today is really that God's calling us to a fresh and renewed surrender in order to bring the kingdom of God to our family and the culture around us. Okay? And I say that because here's the dichotomy we face is that our culture is fiercely independent. The kingdom of God is about utter dependence. This is, this is the tension that we live in, right? I mean, let's be honest. Matthew 16, 24, this is not you know, chase your own dream, pursue your own happiness stuff. God's all with us. He's for us. He's got dreams and plans for us. There's just a proper way to pursue those things. And this is where we get, this is where I get so messed up because of what the, the narrative, the culture is telling me. Pursue your own dream. You can do it. And I, I can't do anything apart from myself. I'm a mess. That's what, you know what I'm good at? Making messes. That's, that's the, I have authority on making messes in the flesh. That's why I need Jesus so bad. I need, I need him. And this is why the incarnation was so important. Because Jesus is born and then he takes a 33-year journey of leading people to the cross. This is, this is the kingdom of God. This is not the kingdom of our culture. I love our culture. I love the Fort Worth culture. I love Texas culture. I like international culture. More international food, the better. <laughs> what we get messed up on is the story, the narrative that the culture is telling us. Because we are kingdom men and women. And so as we stand... And reflect on the threshold that's before us, you know, the question we would ask is, what's your life about right now? What are you seeking? What is our life about right now? And what am I seeking? You know, these are these are deep questions. They're also dangerous questions. Because there's implications to them, right? I mean, if we're really going to think about them, really give them consideration, it usually means that we got to make some little adjustments. And sometimes they're small, minor adjustments, and sometimes they're radical adjustments. Just depends on what's going on. And this, I just want to encourage you, this is the, the story of life. Year after year after month after month, just keep making adjustments to recalibrate, turn, repent, go low, ask for forgiveness to Jesus. It's just, this is the journey. This is, this is what kingdom life looks like. It's not a bunch of perfect people going around just jacking homers just every, uh-uh. It's fouling the ball off and shanking balls out to the right and off the tree and, you know, it's just... This is the kingdom life. It's walking and living it out together. And so, let's uh, turn with me to Matthew 6.33. What I want to show you just here briefly is that this is the narrative all throughout Scripture, is dependence on God. I know you know that, and we could 
There's a hundred scriptures we could go to. I want to just show you a couple uh, this morning. Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This is a scripture that God gave me when Jackie and I started our business. We've been doing this, uh, we've had our roofing company for 23 years now. And when we were going to start this company, I was just praying for months before we did it because I was scared out of my mind. And I was like, Lord, my heart is beating to go do this. And my heart is beating because I'm scared and I I just don't want to get ahead of you. And I don't know if I know what I'm doing. And I just remember praying and asking God over and over, Lord, how, how do I do this? What, what do I focus on? What, what are you saying to me about this? And the Lord, just as clear as he has ever spoken to me, said, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be given to you. That was my business plan because I didn't really know what I was doing. What I, you don't know how to do what you've never done. But what I did know how to do was to run after God was to seek the kingdom. And I was like, that's what I know. I'm going to go do that, and then I'll, God will give me the rest of the tools I need. Do you have those pictures up there by chance? Yeah. This is in my office. Have you ever been in my office? It's right over in the corner. And there's another photo. I've had this in my office since day one. And, and, and every time I pass it, I promise you, it, it arrests me every time I see it because I'm like, yeah, I got to do that again. I, gotta, I need to recalibrate to that. Seek first the kingdom, Todd. And so, but there's a reason that Jesus says to seek first the kingdom. And it's because he wants us to choose our desires. Okay? This is how, this this is true love. He he wants us to, to pursue him. I mean, if he wanted to, he could put an end to all deviations from his will. That's not what he's into. He wants people choosing whatever you want to choose. He's just like, I've got something really good over here if you want to come this way, but I'm not making anybody pursue this, pursue me in this way. But the awesome thing about it is that he's, he set it up so that when we pursue him, we find him every single time. Right? Uh, Jeremiah 29, 13. When you seek me with all of your heart... You will find me. It's the promise of God. And so it just gets back to the question. It's like, what is it you want this year? What are you seeking? Right? Look over at Joshua 1.8 with me. Joshua 1.8 says, Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful. Again, Jesus is just saying, seek me, pursue me, look at my laws, consider my laws, look at what I'm about, think about who I am, think about how I have set this life up, spend time considering it, spend time pursuing me. That's, That's what he's asking us to do. And he's saying, if you'll do those things, then it will go well for you. It doesn't mean it's everything's going to be roses. What he means is watch the peace. 
Watch the hope that carries you through trials. Watch the order that comes to life when you start turning to me. Watch the the grace that fills your life. Watch yourself arriving in places you have no business being because of my grace taking you. And so what is the kingdom? The kingdom is what God's doing. And he says, meditate on my laws. The law in this case... It's more than just the Ten Commandments. The law, in this case, it's good for us. It's the precepts of God. It's the ways of God. So he's saying, seek me. Look at what I'm doing. Watch how I'm acting. Those are the laws of God. That's, it's how God is acting. All right, let's jump over to Proverbs 3, 4, and 5. Another one that everyone knows. Proverbs 3, uh, 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So just like Joshua, he's saying, trust me, seek me. And what he's saying is, Do not lean on your own understanding. He's saying, guys, don't trust the narrative that you can go it alone. Don't believe this. And so, in all your ways, acknowledge him. So how do we acknowledge him? We recognize his presence. But in order to recognize his presence, I've got to get over my own sufficiency. That's turning to him in this way. And it's, it's one of the reasons that I miss out on God's presence. It's because I'm still running the show. So many times I, I wake up and I realize I've been saying, God, have it. Have your way. Take it from me. Take it from me. And what I mean is I'm going to give you 70% of this deal, and I'm holding on to the last 30 just in case this thing doesn't go my way. I do this all the time. And what this is, what God is calling us to is just to say, I really don't care where we go. I'm going with you. You lead. You have it your way. This is when life, this is, this is when the, the waters start rushing. This is when the joy starts coming. This is when hope starts rising. This is when things start coming together. This is when we just say, I'm with you. I choose you. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted by trying to determine the outcome on this thing. God, have it your way. You're good. You're going to lead me to life every time. And this is why so many people have powerful encounters with Jesus when they get to the end of their proverbial rope. Massive conversions to Christ. I'm one of them. Got to the end of my rope. And you know why people find Jesus at the end of the rope? Because they finally gave up. That's why we just give up. Life comes and hope comes. All right. Last one. Last verse here. First Peter 5, 5 through 7. First Peter 5, 5 through 7. Are you seeing the similarities here on the scriptures? Humble yourself under the hand of God so that he can exalt you. 
so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And so he's saying, humble ourselves under the hand of God. Why does he want us to do that? So that he can exalt us. He's saying, Todd, if you'll just humble yourself, I got places to take you. I got I, I'm, I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to take you. I'm going to do things with your life. It's just, once again, the only thing you and I have to do is give up. That's all he's asking of us. Do you want to be exalted? Probably. Right? Yeah, I kind of do. The problem is it's just not good for us. It's what he's trying to, to show us here. But it's like God wants to exalt us. He just wants us to lay aside our efforts to be exalted. He's, he is like a, a, a parent with a child. Like, he cannot wait to exalt us. I mean, I want to see you succeed. I want to get good grades. I want to see you be recognized. I want to see you put the bat on the ball and get the, I mean, you just, it's like a, a grandparent with a grandchild. I mean, you just, oh my, we throw parties because they learned how to use the bathroom. It's like Cheerios for everybody. I mean, we can't wait to lift up our kids and our grandkids, right? And this is God. He's like, guys, just trust me. Stop overreaching the boundaries. Just trust me. I got this. I will do this for you. And so... The truth is, we just have a hard time with humility. And so what does being humble, what does it mean to be humble? It means that we're being realistic about ourselves. Just means I, I understand who I am. I don't have to try to be somebody I'm not. It just means that you and I have come to terms with the fact that we're unable to manage life apart from God. That's reality, okay? And we'll land the plane with this right here. I got a couple little, three little things here that, uh, some steps, keys to humility that Jack and I learned from our mentor and uh, theologian friend, the great Dallas Willard. But Dallas says, never pretend, never presume, and never push. What he means there is that we have to learn how to do these things. We have to grow in them, right? But if we will do this, it will just take the burden off of us. Because if we can just come surrender to God, even though we know we have all types of insecurities, there's power in this. I'm surrendered to you, and I've got insecurities just everywhere, Lord but I'm giving those to you and I'm going to rest and trust you. So I don't ever have to pretend. Never presume. No, don't, don't presume that you should be in, treated a certain way. Right? Don't presume that you're entitled to a certain opportunity. Don't presume that you're the highest. Don't presume you're the lowest. 
Just trust God that you're secure in Him and rest in Him. You know, we, we don't want to push. It's the last one. Never push. And this is, just don't reach across the boundaries that God has currently placed in our lives. Okay? The boundaries may expand eventually. The boundaries may change. But just don't reach across where you sense is appropriate for where you're at right now. Okay? So yes, stand for yourself. Stand for God. Stand for what is right. But trust God's timing in our lives, okay? Because we don't want to be people that are overreaching. We don't want to be people that are jumping over the fence. We want to be those that are willing to enter through the narrow gate. Amen? All right. Should be standing. So what does it look like to take up our cross in 2021? What's it look like for you and I to be seeking the kingdom this year? And the great thing about this is that these promises are available to anyone. Okay? It doesn't matter how tall or short you are. It doesn't matter your athletic ability. Your financial status doesn't matter. Your family pedigree doesn't matter. If we will just seek the kingdom of God, we will all experience the fullness of this spiritual life. And, you know, I don't know what your concerns are this year, whether they're health challenges or financial struggles or relational strains, but the promises of God They're not just true, they're accessible. And he's showing us today, this is how you get there. All out. This is how you get these. And yes, I know we're all broken, but that's actually how the light gets in. It's through the brokenness of our lives. And so may we allow God this year just to have his rightful place in our minds and our hearts. And... May we come to our senses and let go of offenses or anything else that would keep us from surrendering and walking in joy during this season. All I can tell you is if we'll do this, it will be so good for our lives. We'll be peaceful, happy, grace-filled, lives getting changed, people getting saved, restoration, relationships returning, hope coming, financial grace coming. It just, God's, God, he's the one that decides all this. It's just our job just to come, humble ourselves before him, say, Lord, have your way. And I know that's who everyone in here is. I know everybody that's watching, I know that's the, the longing of your heart. It's just to be fully surrendered to God. We want to create an environment and a culture here, there's just a bunch of people running after Jesus. Imperfectly, but running after Jesus. Amen? So let me bless you this morning as we go. May you walk joyfully 
And may you just, by the grace of Jesus Christ, be able to let go and surrender anything that's held you back. Anything in your mind, anything in your heart, any experience you have, we lay it at the feet of the cross and we trust Jesus and we humbly, Lord, forgive us for promoting ourselves. Forgive us for trying to to push those doors open, Lord. Lord, you know know best. You know the time. And so may you meet us again and may you fill it. Lord, thank you. He's coming running to us this morning, church. This is what he loves. He loves people pursuing him. He loves the men and women of God pursuing him, pursuing him. So Lord, we thank you that you're running to us this morning. May we know your joy and your power again today. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys.